Nothing that this world has to offer even comes close to the magnificence, to the beauty, to the glorious enlightenment delivered by the Word of God. Nothing is even in sight. The Word of God declares the way of righteousness. It is the work of and the way of reconciliation to God. It is the way of unerring counsel and direction. God's Word is also the timeless, unchanging truth, truth you can trust and apply to all aspects of life. His Word is the very source of life, and life more abundantly. The Holy Scriptures literally open the door of eternal life, and the Word of God is Christ. He is the Word of His Father. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Revelation 19.13 speaks of the mighty Christ returning at the great battle of Armageddon. It reads, And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. God's Word is the way. God's Word is the truth. God's Word is the life. Jesus said while talking to the disciples in John 14.6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. A fellow once told me that he didn't need Jesus Christ to communicate with God. His position was, who needs a middleman? He would deal directly with God. Of course, I told him that was impossible, but I should have added this caveat. Yes, you can get to God without Christ. It's called the white throne judgment. At this most terrible and horrific event, those who have rejected Christ are judged and cast into the lake of fire for all eternity. Christ is still central to the event, but the woeful consequences are a result of the very lack of him. Have you found the way, the truth, and the life? Are you born again? I have good news. The doors of salvation are opening today. Do it now while you still have time. Click on the Further with Jesus for immediate entry into the kingdom of God. Now for today's subject. The following email came from Sister Kaylee. Hello. I am a 15-year-old born-again Christian, and I have been since I was four years old. I believe very strongly in the Word and would like to compliment you on your incredible website. It is so interesting, not to mention helpful. I could very easily spend all of my free time here. However, I have three questions. I have asked a few people, and no one can give me an answer I'm satisfied with, and I am hoping your straightforward ways can help me out with that. First, would Jesus be considered biologically human? I am a firm believer that he was God, but that he also was a man. Second, one of my friends was taught in church that during the three days between Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he was in hell. This makes sense in the way that he took on the sins of the world and conquered hell. Also, when he returned, he told the people, I have not yet seen my father. My mother told me that during this time he was transporting the souls from paradise to heaven. So what was he doing? This leads me to my final question. Is there a difference between paradise and heaven? I was told once that before Jesus, believers went to paradise and after they went to heaven. I would greatly appreciate it if you would clear these things up for me. It would make me feel much more strongly connected with God. Thank you. End of quote. Thank you, Sister Kaylee, for your edifying message and your questions. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and your house with light and truth, and may he bless all that you put your hands to. Down through time, your questions have been the center of much debate. But be assured the word of God will stand and answer. Your first question was, would Jesus be considered biologically human? 
Understanding the answer to the question more perfectly is to understand why Jesus Christ had to come to this earth as a mortal and die in the first place. The entire issue is a first voice, second voice situation. When the first voice, God's voice, was obeyed in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were immortal, living in paradise. When the second voice, Satan's, was obeyed, leading to Adam and Eve eating of the forbidden tree, they died spiritually and were booted out of paradise that very day. Later, they would also die physically. At this juncture, our great-great-grandparents, in essence, sold themselves into sin and death. Since they no longer had the spirit of life to pass on to their progeny, all their children were spiritually stillborn. Thus Ephesians 2.1, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins. Because of their deed, Satan became the god of this world, lowercase g-o-d, and he rules in all the ranks of carnaldom. Adam and Eve had been given dominion over the earth, but they turned their authority over to Satan. The situation for man was very dark indeed. Could anything be done for man? Who would come and set our captive souls free? We needed a redeemer, someone to stand on our behalf, buy us back, and break the spell of Satan. This Savior would have to be sinless and mortal to demolish the argument of Satan as outlined in Job chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And Satan answered the Lord and said, Skin for skin, yea, all that a man hath will he give for his life. But put forth thine hand now, and touch his bone and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. This sinless Savior would also obey the first voice, God's voice, even to the cross and the shedding of his blood. Now the doors of paradise are open wide. Jesus Christ is known in the word of God as the last Adam. His phenomenal task was to undo the deleterious results of the first Adam's deed and make a way of escape for all those who would believe upon his name and follow his teachings. The first Adam, last Adam comparisons are declared in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 21, 22, and verses 45 through 47. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Consider the following comparisons between the first Adam and Jesus Christ, the last Adam. Adam, Adam was made of dirt as all men are. Jesus Christ was made of dirt as all men are. God breathed up Adam's nostrils and he became a living soul. Adam had no mother. Jesus Christ was a child of the Holy Ghost, born of a woman. Adam was created sinless and to live forever. Jesus entered this world sinless but mortal. Adam chose disobedience and death. Jesus Christ chose obedience even to the curse and death of the cross. He was raised triumphantly over the grave to live forever. Adam and Eve's deed cursed all of their children to the bondage of sin and death. Jesus Christ's obedience unto the first voice has given his followers victorious triumph over the grave and also eternal life. Adam opened his eyes as a biologically mature male, which by today's measurements is 30 to 33 years of age. In that mature state, he died to the spirit of life. 
Jesus Christ was about 33 years old when he died on the cross, but was resurrected to live forevermore. A final note concerning the comparisons is the place called Golgotha, where Jesus Christ died to redeem the lost. The word Golgotha means the skull. According to Jewish tradition, which be advised is not holy writ, Golgotha is where Adam was buried. Concerning Christ's mortality, Philippians 2 verses 5 and 8 reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Hebrews chapter 2 verses 15, excuse me, verse 5 through 18 reads, For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. But one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren saying, I declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. Yes, Jesus Christ was biologically human. This is uniquely central to God's plan of salvation. Briefly concerning your second question, one of my friends was taught in church that during the three days between Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection, he was in hell. Yes, Jesus Christ was in hell, but not the hell with fire and torments. Hell has levels. Deuteronomy 32.22 reads, For a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. Prior to salvation, the faithful dwell in the place awaiting the Savior. This place was called Abraham's bosom, and it was also called paradise. It was separated from the hell of torments by a gulf. Read Luke chapter 16, 20 through, through 26. Concerning hell, Psalms 16, verses 10 and 11 reads, For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. 
Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Acts chapter 2 verses 25 through 32 reads, For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thy holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Kaylee, your final question reads, is there a difference between paradise and heaven? The answer is yes and no. The word paradise is defined in Strong's exhaustive concordance. Uh, the Hebrew definition of the word in the Old Testament is park, forest, orchard. The Greek definition of the word used in the New Testament is a park, an Eden, a place of future happiness. Webster's 1828 dictionary defines paradise, the Garden of Eden, in which Adam and Eve were placed immediately after their creation, a place of bliss a region of supreme felicity or delight, heaven, the blissful seed of sanctified souls after death. Paradise is a place where only the first voice, God's voice, is heard. Paradise existed in the Garden of Eden. It existed in Abraham's bosom. On the cross, Jesus said to the redeemed thief, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise, Luke twenty-three forty-three. Jesus didn't resurrect until the third day. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 8 through 12, Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. The Apostle Paul equates paradise and heaven. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 4. It is not expedient for me, doubtless, to glory. I will come to visions and revelations of the Lord. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. Whether in the body I cannot tell, or whether out of the body I cannot tell, God knoweth, such an one caught up to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell, God knoweth. How that he was caught up into paradise, and heard unspeakable words, which it is not lawful for a man to utter. Paradise and heaven are places where only the first voice is heard. For more information on these subjects, click on to the following. 48 Hours in Hell. Why the Blood of Jesus. Q&A between crucifixion and resurrection. Evil in the world. The Virgin Mary. Q&A. Purgatory. Eternal punishment in hell, Brother Jay's gift.